Welcome to A Quiet Life. I'm Ruth, your host, and it is really great to be here with you. It is Tuesday the 17th of October as I record this, episode 142, and it is just over a week since I recorded the last one. It may even be exactly a week since I recorded the last one because last time I was running late because of family visits, and this time I am determined to get in early. No, it's not like that really. It's because uh, life has gotten back to normal a little bit for me. So (laughs) it's... It's been, if you've been listening to previous podcasts, it's been a bit of a crazy family time, which has been very, very joyful. And I talked to Scotty about it too in in this one, because it was really on top of my head all the time that I've spent with my family, which has been a delight, an absolute delight. (laughs) I'm not complaining. They can come down anytime they like, all of them, my sister, my daughter, my family, everybody can come. That's all good very happy to have seen them but me being me needing the routine and the quiet and the normal it has just been really nice to get back into normal and what I did last weekend to recover was uh, took all of Saturday and all of Sunday to recover well I did go to church but um, I on Saturday Moz went and worked with a friend and so I had the whole day at home by myself and believe it or not I got out my sewing machine and I sewed a skirt and I haven't done that since I was a teenager so uh, it's not a brilliant skirt. <laughs> Neither were the ones I sewed when I was a teenager. I think I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to this and we'll see if I wear it or not. I think I probably will. But it's it's done. I spent the day sewing it and it was really nice to spend the day doing something creative like that. It was a joy. And then on Sunday I read a book and I did some knitting and, you know, basically just recuperated, just pulled myself together. I even bought takeaway for meals for the weekend, which leads on to today's topic really, which is about all the jobs that we need to do to keep our houses going, including cooking dinner every night, every night. Ugh, it's crazy. But that's, you know, one of the things. And cooking dinner, as we know, is not just cooking dinner. It's cooking, it's deciding what to cook. It's having the ingredients to cook it with. And it's the washing up afterwards. It's all the... There's a whole lot of load around it and that sort of load, especially the deciding what to cook and the making sure you have the ingredients, you know, making sure you've done the grocery shopping and that, that comes under the heading a lot of people are calling it mental load. Last week, last Wednesday, in fact, I finished off my podcast. I may have even recorded it last Wednesday. It might be less than a week since I recorded it. Um, I finished it off and I uploaded it and I wrote the newsletter which you can find at ruthamos.com.au. I did all the bits and pieces. And then I thought, right, I have literally hours (laughs) to write a new blog post so that I can go in at seven o'clock in the morning and have a chat to Scotty about it on the radio. So I I usually go in about um, between seven and eight and then we record it and then he puts it on at 8.30 on Ultra 106.5 if you'd like to listen to Ultra 106.5. So I knew it was Wednesday afternoon, it was pretty late in the afternoon and I had to somehow produce a blog post and I'd been thinking so much about the previous blog post that I didn't have any idea what I wanted to write about. So my daughter-in-law Michaela and her friend Missy were out on the deck, uh, which is just outside my window in my office and so I just went out to them and I said, can you tell me, what should I write a blog post about? And Missy said, write about how you can help new mums because Michaela's there with her three-month-old baby, how you can help new mums by doing, you know, the whole of the job and not just part of the job. So I think that some people go to visit new mums and and Michaela's in that new mum stage and talking to all the other new mums and maybe people come to visit and they say, I'll hold the baby and you can let you do some housework. 
it's sort of nice, but wouldn't it be nicer if you said, I'll clean the toilet and then not ask all, you know, where's the cloths, where's the um, spray, where's the whatever, but just work it out yourself so that the mum doesn't even have to think about cleaning the toilet. Or you think, okay, well, I'll make them a meal and just do the whole lot um, and take the mental load of the job as well as the job itself. So I started thinking about this mental load thing and it applies in so many different situations. So You know, when I go into the radio station and talk to Scotty, I can only talk to him for about five minutes. I'm not going to get deep into the weeds of what mental load is or how it applies to many different situations in life. And I also want to make this apply to as many different people as possible because we're broadcasting all over Southern Tasmania. And so when I talk to Scotty, you'll hear I talked about the whole idea of teaching teenagers because this is something that I am... um, you know, passionate about is that when we bring up our children, um, if we have children, bring them up knowing how to live, how to run a household, how to take care of their clothes and feed themselves and all that kind of stuff. So our kids were um, cooking meals for us. Well, as soon as they started doing cooking classes at school, we said, excellent, you know what to do, you can do a meal. And so by the time they were in first year of high school, we were having them cook a meal a night. And of course, of course you look after them and help them to do it and check it, but they could choose what they wanted to cook, which meant that I didn't have to make the decision and then they could cook it. We would go get the groceries for them and whatever. So cooking um, and we had them on a cleaning roster so that we knew how to clean the house and we would change the jobs up every so often so that they'd have a chance to vacuum or a chance to clean bathrooms or clean floors or whatever. And they also were responsible for their own washing. And there's a really amazing quote that says that uh, lack of planning on your part does not necessarily constitute an emergency on my part. And I'm not very good at this. You know, if my kids didn't have their clothes clean, then I would do everything I could to, I would panic. (laughs) I would panic. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you need clean clothes. Let me help you. But uh, gradually over time, I learned to let that go and say, right, well, you didn't wash your jeans. I'm so sorry. That's very sad. You can fix it yourself or... (laughs) Or you can wear something else. I remember some nights where there was one pair of jeans in the washing machine. Doesn't make any sense. But there you go. Doesn't dry well in the dryer when it's just one pair of jeans. But these are life lessons that we need to learn, that we learn by experience. So I talked to Scotty about that whole training teenagers thing. But when um, we come back, I'll apply this to a few other situations as well. So have a listen to what I say to Scotty. And then we're going to talk a bit more about mental load and doing the whole job and our attitude of gratitude afterwards. It's time for another life hack with Ruth Amos. Good morning. Good morning, Scotty. How oh, are you? Look at your smiling face. Yeah. Is that because you've got so much to do and you're, and yeah. you're inwardly panicking? <laughs> you know when you take time off because family comes to visit and then you have to do all the stuff? You've got to catch up. you got to catch up. Yeah. yeah. So that's your week this week, catching up. Yeah. Yeah, but how absolutely. nice was it to have the family down? It was so nice. It was brilliant, yeah. Were you exhausted with the, with the kids? I, I forgot how much work a toddler is, yeah, like yeah. just how constant, <laughs> how constant it is. With Try toddler. having your grandson live with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Your three-year-old grandson live with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's very full it's on at your full place. On, especially when he decides to make cakes on the carpet. Yeah. So he pulls out a whole kilo of flour and exactly. and a whole a container of, of uh, Greek yogurt. And a whole container of sultanas and pours them all in together on the carpet. You just need to scoop that up and put it into it. <laughs> and you say, what are you doing? And he says, cake, I'm making cake. He calls them cupcakes. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, that's the recipe for naan bread, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's it's the recipe for an early bed night's sleep. That's what it is. I think, I think so. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, I, I've been thinking about household jobs. I've been thinking about, like, uh, the division of labour in the household, if you like. Like, if somebody takes on a job, for example, taking out the garbage, how it's not just taking out the garbage. It's noticing that the bin is full and then it's thinking about taking it out and then it's replacing the bag and you know it's there's there's and then it's, maybe it's also even... going to all your neighbors bins and putting all your rubbish in their bins <laughs> yeah, yeah. after it's dark so they yeah, don't know yeah or or even noticing that the role of garbage bags is getting low and that you need to you know so there's there's an awful lot of background work associated with every job and i think that um like it's very easy to forget that that's part of the job and and either not do it, like I think when we're training our teenagers, we need to train them in not just take out the garbage when I tell you, but can you please notice when the garbage bin's full and then take it out. And and, and that that garbage bin, you know, the actual bags themselves don't just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so all of that, you know, when we're thinking about, I, I really do I think about it with training teenagers and stuff, when you're thinking about training them in the jobs that need to be done to keep a household going, that you need to train them in the whole job and not just the surface job. Or when somebody does a job in your house, um, to notice that they're doing a whole lot more than just the surface job. They're doing the whole job. Yeah. And to thank them for that. Yeah. It's good. I like that. And because so, it's so, I think when you can train your kids in that way, then they'll also have a lot more gratefulness with what mum and dad do and what we've done for years. You know, like, you know, like our daughter now has a three-year-old son mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he's just off her feet with him all the time. And not that I want to compare. I'm like, well, we had five children, seven and under. It was pretty crazy, you know, like, yeah. you know, so she starts to recognise kind of some of what we've done over the years. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's good just to give them... You know, it's not just about putting putting the garbage. It's about all the other things that have to, including earning a wage to be able to pay for the, you know, the bags absolutely. and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Like yeah. it's, I think it's good because it gives them a sense of gratitude, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's. Um, I think that's the attitude I want to talk about is when you come into your household and you think about all the things that need to be done to keep a household running, whether it's because you've got heaps of little children or whether it, you know, just even if you're sharing a house with somebody, there's still, you know, the whole lot of noticing that things need to be done and then sorting out when you're going to do them and then actually doing them and then maybe even cleaning up afterwards. It, it, it just all has to be done. And if, if you can try and make that an even distribution or if you can just be grateful for the whatever the other person in the household has done, I think it makes our households a really much nicer place well, to they, live. They run more smoothly, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they yeah do. I love that. Good advice. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you, Scotty. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. So there's a skit I quite like. It's a skit about a magic coffee table. So in this skit, there's a guy and a girl in the house, and the guy of the house swears to the, his girlfriend, his coffee table is magic. It's a magic coffee table. He says to his girlfriend, I can't believe it, this coffee table. It's incredible. It's just magic because every night I leave it full of rubbish, full of food scraps and dirty dishes and whatever, and in the morning it's empty and Everything is clean and it's amazing. What a what a wonderful magic coffee table. He's like, I can't even understand it. And the same with the magic laundry basket. Like he fills it up with dirty clothes and like magic. They turn up in his wardrobe clean, neatly folded. Wow. Incredible. He can't understand it. 
his girlfriend can understand it. <laughs> I'm sure you can too. Eventually, in this skit, the girlfriend goes missing and the guy calls the police. He says, I don't know where she is. She's gone. And one policeman says, one police person says, uh, do you think maybe she's left you? And he says, no, no. He says, I know what happened. She fell on the magic coffee table. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, so it's funny, but it's based in reality because so often we don't see the work that others are doing for us and around us, or we see the surface work, but we don't see the mental load that takes place behind the scenes. That can lead to people feeling taken for granted and like the girlfriend in the skit, she feels taken for granted and and the other person can be completely oblivious to how much work is being done for them. And I think it happens both ways. I am, please hear me clearly here. I am not saying that all men uh, do nothing around the house and all women do all the work. Uh, I am saying that there all sorts of jobs have all sorts of mental load and often we don't see what the other person is doing for us and often we are not grateful to them or seeing how we can take on some of the mental load. There's a lot of, I see a lot of reels on this um, on Instagram and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good and I think uh, all of us can change our thinking about these things and if you feel like you're the person who's always taking on the mental load in the household and this may be you know this may be in a family situation girlfriend boyfriend husband wife whatever or even in, with flatmates when you're living in a flat um, you know, one of the flatmates can feel like they take on most of the work around the house that they and it may be true um, and or it may be that they're just not seeing what the other person in the household is doing. And I think that we can change this situation. Um, whether you are feeling taken for granted, you're, you're probably the person who's going to bring a change if you're the one feeling taken for granted, I have to say that. But with clear communication and with a lot of grace, we can change the situation. And look, there are a lot of resources out there and um, I'm, I have have presently got three books on my Kindle that I want to read about this whole thing. So I'm, I don't have finished thoughts about it, but I do like the idea of, of being really clear about communicating what a job is and whether somebody should take it on or not. So, you know, you could write the jobs out on cards or you could make, make a list of the jobs in the household, or you could just talk about it. But the thing is that, um, you need to think about not just the surface part of the job, like I was saying to Scotty, not just the emptying the rubbish when somebody tells you to empty it, but the whole job, the noticing that the rubbish bin is full, the emptying of the rubbish bin, the replacing the bag, and checking how many rubbish bags you have and putting that on the shopping list if it needs to go on the shopping list. Those sort of things, it's it's every job has that surrounding around it. Like um, the laundry is the same. It's not just uh, being putting a load in the washing machine when your laundry basket's full. Um, it's noticing that the laundry basket's full. It's thinking about whether you have time that day to wash it and then put it out on the line and then get it in or whether you need to use the uh, dryer um, and you may not have a dryer and all those sort of mental things about it, you know. So it might take a bit of planning. It might be that the laundry basket isn't quite full, but today is the only day you're going to be able to get the washing done out on the line, dry and back in before things go wrong. And so thinking it through and so the person who takes on that job of the laundry is taking on that whole mental load. And every job around the house 
and jobs at work are like that. They all have attached to them some planning, some cleaning up, some consequences of doing the job or not doing the job, and those um, things need to get done. You, You can't do the job without them. So when you are dividing your jobs amongst members in the household and especially when you're training your children to do these jobs there's there's a few things that need to happen one is that you need to let somebody suffer the consequences of not getting the job done and then you need to let them be able to take responsibility to fix it as i said with my kids if they didn't wash their own clothes they either had to wear dirty clothes or they had to somehow fix it but I needed to step back. I needed to let that go. I needed to say, well, they're your consequences and you're the one that can deal with it. If it's my job to make dinner and I don't get around to making dinner, then I need to go and buy something or heat up something or some soup or somehow get food on the table. I need to make it right because it was my responsibility. And so when you're dividing jobs up like this, this can go wrong in two ways. So one way is um, that the person taking up the responsibility can refuse to take it on. They can take the easiest possible route around their responsibilities and they can make everyone else wear the consequences. And that's a very difficult situation and that's going to take a lot of communication and working through through and it's hard to get it right but uh yeah it's just something we need to work on the other thing that can happen is that the person who's previously been in charge of the jobs can refuse to let the jobs go so they'll nag until the job gets done or they'll just you know martyr themselves and heave huge sigh and go and do the job themselves and this actually leads to the other members of the household thinking, well, I don't I don't really need to take on my job because somebody else has my back and I don't need to worry about taking responsibility. Someone's going to tell me it needs doing. Somebody's going to nag me until it gets done. Um, somebody's going to fix up the consequences of it later, which, which obviously leads to them um, not taking on the responsibility for the job. So I believe it's a parent's job to slowly give more and more responsibility to their children so that when the child leaves home, they're able to keep a house for themselves. Like when we were having our children do um, their own cooking, it's not like in grade seven we said, right, well, it's your responsibility to have dinner on the table on Monday and now it's out of my hands, you go for it, do the shopping, do the cooking, we'll just we'll just leave it. Of course not. It's a slow training thing. It's a slow moving responsibility onto their shoulders Um, and that sort of thing. But even in that, we needed to let them experience failure occasionally so that they knew what the consequences of not doing the jobs were. Now, also, the thing with my kids is um, they didn't do their jobs the way I wanted them to. So, for example, I let them have responsibility for their own bedrooms. And um, (laughs) had I known they both had ADHD and known what we know about that now, maybe it would have made things easier. But um, one of the outworkings of the way their brains work is that they didn't want bedroom furniture. They didn't have wardrobes and they didn't have chests of drawers. They didn't want to store stuff away where they couldn't see it because of this object impermanence thing that if it's in a drawer, they forget that it exists. So they had floor drobes. I can't stand floor drobes. <laughs> I like to have things tucked away neat and tidy. I like to have clean surfaces and clear spaces and closed drawers and that sort of thing because that's the way my brain works. It's not the way their brain works. And it was their bedroom and they had to live in it and they had to live in it the way they wanted to. So I let them 
do it the way they want to. I would uh, honestly, um, sometimes it made me feel really angry <laughs> just because of the mess. But um, I, I would do my best to help them um, keep it sorted and do whatever. Uh, but it was always it was always a point of tension for us. Um, and I understand it more now that I understand object impermanence and ADHD and all the rest. So I, but I had to let it go. I had given them responsibility for their own bedrooms and I had to let them have responsibility for their own bedrooms. So it wasn't the way I wanted. And I could have chosen at that point to get nag and nag and make them work hard every weekend and not let them go out until, but I just thought, well, it's not worth losing relationship over really. It's your bedroom and you have to live in it and I'm just going to let it go. I'm not saying it was easy, but I think it was the right choice to make. Um, I gave them training, I gave them help, but at the same time it was their job and their responsibility. Now I think the other thing that comes out of this when we start talking about who's responsible for what and who's taking on what is that we need to open our eyes to see what other people are already doing around the house. So in our household we do different jobs and what we've worked out that Moz does projects really, really well, whereas I do maintenance really, really well. And so I need to keep my eyes open and see what he's doing around the house, whether it is projects, like he just spent the holidays putting in some storage under the house and it's fantastic, looks amazing. It was hard work. It was days of work crawling around under the house. And I need to say thank you. I am so grateful to you for the work that you put into that project. I'm not going to discard it because it's, oh, well, he chose to do it on his holidays. No, he did it for our benefit, for the two of us or the five of us living in this house. And I'm so grateful. So I need to keep my eyes open for the things he's done or the little things, you know, like um, washing up or making a fire, even the regular things that happen around the house. I need to keep my eyes open for what he's doing and say thank you to him and show him that I'm grateful. And in the same way, he needs to look at the things I'm doing and say thank you to me. Like having that attitude of really keeping your eyes open, really noticing what other people are doing around the house and being grateful for it out loud or written in a note or somehow, you know, spoken on a podcast so the whole world can hear how grateful I am to my husband. It might feel weird at first, but as you are more grateful for what the person's doing, it's going to change your attitude, it's going to change their attitude and things are going to go a lot more smoothly because taking care of a house, all of those just regular jobs of cooking and cleaning and washing and maintaining the garden and doing the grocery shopping and all those little things. In addition to what we do in our day jobs, and I think in most households, most people have day jobs as well. You know, all of that is a big thing. And uh, most of us come home from our day jobs and just want to collapse and do absolutely nothing and um, you might be somebody who's blessed with abundance of energy and are happy to do whatever. But I think for many of us, we come home at the end of the day, we're exhausted. We just want to put our feet up. But there is so much that needs to be done to keep um, keep the house maintained and keep ourselves in clean clothes and eating food. I think that um, in a household, it is a really good thing to be open about all the work that needs to be done, to really talk it out, to talk about generously, generously to other people, 
What are you doing towards the house? What am I doing towards the house? How can we evenly divide these jobs up so that one person doesn't end up doing everything? And then when you do take on a job, take on the whole mental load with it. If you do give somebody a job, if you're the person who's normally been doing it and you're giving it to somebody else, give them the whole mental load, the responsibility and the consequences if they don't get it done. And so uh, that'll take a bit of an adjustment and a bit of grace and a bit of thinking about, but eventually you're going to be able to give those jobs out and and, and do them um, generously for each other. And then, you know, occasionally you'll take on somebody else's job to give them a break and that's really nice. But all of us working together can get all the jobs done instead of um, you feeling like you're doing all the jobs, but them also feeling like they're doing all the jobs because you haven't opened your eyes to see what each other is doing. I hope this is clear. I hope I am saying this in a way that makes sense. I I think that there are no magic coffee tables or magic laundry baskets. It's just households full of human beings working together to make our systems run. And we need to appreciate what others are doing for us and do our own bit to make everyone's life better. And as we work together, we're going to get everything done. I think that must be my my life um, statement. If we all work together, if we all do our bit, we're going to get everything done. That reminds me, um, because this is one of the major messages in Boots That Fit, that if you find your thing and do the thing that you're passionate about and we all do that, then we're all going to get all the jobs done. Um, yes, like pieces of a puzzle falling into place. That's that's what I think. So Boots That Fit, I just want to update you that it's coming along. I have uh, my editor's corrections and I am just trying to get my head around internal formatting to make uh, to make it a beautiful book uh, because it's like it's a special one and it's got um, end of chapter activities and it's got quotes and it's got all these fancy bits and pieces for every chapter that so I need to make it look beautiful and Ming Coach my cover designer has made lovely little um, chapter illustrations for each chapter with a different pair of shoes or boots well, a few different pairs of, not 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 50 chapters worth of different shoes and boots, but a few different shoes and boots to scatter through the through the book. So that's where we're at at the moment, working on that, um, as well as um, my day job, which is keeping me quite busy at the moment, for which I am very grateful. That's the podcast for today. I do hope that it's made sense. I do hope that you feel like you can do your bit or give some jobs to other members of your household. If you are a single person household, I want to say, well done. There's so much work involved, um, but at least somebody's not coming around behind you messing up the work that you've made unless your pets do that. But yeah, um, I hope that um, this has been useful and uh, please feel free to pass it on to anyone for whom you think it will be useful. And as always, you can write to me, Ruth at ruthamos.com.au or find me on Facebook at Ruth Amos Author or tweet me at A Quiet Life. Oh, it's not tweet, is it? It's X. But send me a message on X at A Quiet Life blog. And I look forward to chatting to you again soon.